Welcome to the BG Podcast, conversations at the intersection of business, community, and public policy from the Austin metro and around Texas. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com slash podcast and on iTunes and Google Play. Welcome to the BG Podcast. This is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. Our guest today, returning guest, is Councilmember Jimmy Flanagan of District 6. I think, I think this is the third time I've been on our show. Is it, the, is it the third time it's I enjoy by. being a regular guest? I think, you know, we were talking before, before in, the, uh, in the virtual green room. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think once we close in on episode 100, we could do some kind of crossover series, and I welcome that. I know production team will, will, will welcome that. I love that idea. All right, well, we brought you on, um, you know, given you know, a lot of things have been going on this last two weeks. We're recording on March 24th. The mayor uh, and Mayor, mayor Adler and... Uh, Judge Eckhart earlier today around noon issued an order, 11 or so, issued an order for a work-at-home stay-in-place uh, in effect in Austin at 11.59 at night through April 13th. Um, that's not why you're on, but that's kind of the environment we're in. Uh, but one of the things beyond that that I've that we've been getting a lot of calls about at the firm has been around uh, an item you're sponsoring on this week's council agenda on Thursday. It's item 55, and it's the South by Southwest Resilience Plan. And I know it's uh, evolved since at this original inception. And so I think for a lot of folks, I want, I, you know, we're getting questions about what it encompassed and what it didn't. And so we want to get you back on the show to update us on where we are um, as of today. I know you posted an updated draft yesterday on the message board, and there have been some other comments on that. But really, for folks who may have been, you know, understandably, other things in their mind, get up to speed on what's going on with this what it means, what it means as a resolution, and the steps are going to happen, because I'm fairly certain it will pass uh, um, on, on Thursday. And also Thursday being the first council meeting that will be virtual or remote, I believe, too. So a lot, of thing, a lot of things are going on this week, but let's start with the resolution. How do we get, you know, we know South By, the mayor, uh, you know, he, he canceled South or he had the order to cancel South By effectively, I think, well, like March 11th or that week of. And then that happened, and you posted this item for, for the, the development of a resolution around the 14th of March? Yeah, it's, it's roughly that. The, the way it kind of went down was after the mayor made the order uh, to cancel South By, which was you know, over two weeks ago, I think. It seems like a lifetime who, ago, right? Who can remember what generation we're even in right now? Um, after that, that night, it was Friday, that night, we were convening music industry folks, venue owners, musician groups in my council office, which was also the City Hall People's Gallery event. So while the general public was milling around City Hall looking at all the art, we were having our council office door closed, convening folks who were gonna be impacted by the South by closure. And so then by the following week, we had posted on the message board an initial draft about responding to the economic consequences of canceling South by. Then very quickly, other council members weighed in and it has evolved into a more general COVID response kind of economic resolution, uh, economic resiliency resolution. It even has an updated item number. So item 55 was when we were just doing South by and it's since been updated item 91, which has posting language that allows us to do more than just South by resiliency. But I will say, the impact to small business and the music and, and cultural arts is still a big focus of, of what we want to make sure we're protecting. 
Mm -hmm. So for those who are unversed with council, kind of uh, the, the council documents, what, 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 does, what will a resolution do? So there are effectively two actions a council takes. There's resolutions and there's ordinances. Mm -hmm. Resolutions are more advisory and, and they provide direction for staff to move forward. An ordinance is effectively a law. It's, it's called an ordinance at the municipal level, but it's effectively a law. But it normally works where the council will pass a resolution directing staff to go out and do something and then come back for approval. And so what we have in this resolution is the guidance and direction for staff to think broadly, to give them, uh, kind of broaden the guardrails of what we would normally want staff to work on and to get them in the mix with all of the different entities and nonprofits and work that's going on to address uh, both the public health, but in, in some very specific ways, the economic impacts. And then they will have to come back to council for uh, financial allocation but we are giving staff the ability to waive certain things like uh, late fees on trash pickup or deadlines on code enforcement if it's not public health or safety related, things that frankly we don't even need code enforcement officers out there doing. We'd rather have them out there enforcing the, the orders mm -hmm. uh, that the mayor put down. So it's, it's turned into a kind of a bigger omnibus resolution. But what is really interesting about this as opposed to other similar things the council has done in the past because we've all been working remotely, you can really see the sausage being made on the council message board in, in a way that is not typical. Normally the council will group up in a sub quorum, there'll be five of us, we'll do work behind the scenes and then we'll publish a draft. And then that draft gets taken to the council meeting and then kind of live on the dais, you see amendments being brought and papers being handed out. Well, it just, it just won't work well if we try to do that this time around. And, and for this next council meeting, as you said, which is going to be mostly remote, we're trying to, to limit this, this first council meeting to consent items or the items where there's going to be debate. So we've been encouraging and have, and have engaged with council members on the message board as they offer amendments and suggestions. And then we've been incorporating them and publishing updated drafts as we go. So it's kind of a, an interesting insight to how the council can sometimes work and be collaborative and you can see it all on the council message board, which is austincouncilforum.org. Yeah, we'll post, we had posted that in the blog. I think last week we'll post in the show notes uh, for this episode as well. And I mean, we definitely encourage the public. I think folks who are in the, who were uh, regulars on city hall and Noda, that's the, the first, one of the first things they read in the morning, along with all the news, the news, uh, uh, news sites. Um, but it's a great place, particularly now, I think probably, you know, I'm, you know, again, one of going forward, right, just in this era we're in, uh, see as, 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 as that develops. Do you think, um, you know, as, a, as an aside, though, I mean, it, this is a first, at least for, as far as I know, a first for council to be able to meet like this, one, because Governor Abbott, was, you know, pulled provision away or paused or suspended the provision that would have uh, barred it, right? But do you see this, I mean, just objectively, the last week of this, I guess, is a good thing in terms of being able to just be able to do more and interact with your, with your, uh, uh, with your colleagues more on the legislation? I mean, I, I think, you know, it was a necessary action by the governor to waive certain provisions of the Open Meetings Act so that we can continue to work. For example, you know, my boyfriend is a service manager at HEB, and so our home is now a transmission vector. He's engaging the public on a daily basis as he goes into work. I don't want to... Be, uh, uh, to be that for others. 
So I've been self-quarantining in my home for over 10 days now. Uh, so it's good that, that the governor took that step. I don't think that, that once we get past this, council will continue to do a lot of remote meetings. It is better and more proper for us to do meetings in person. But I hope that, that more of the work can be done through the message board, because I think it is a, it's a great tool, both to daylight specific concerns and thoughts, but also for transparency. Uh, so the public can see uh, what we're thinking and when we're thinking it and how these ideas evolve. And I will say credit to the city of Austin, the law that allows a message board was one pushed by the city of Austin, adopted just a couple of uh, legislative sessions ago. And as a result of that, we were able to do ours and even uh, Round Rock ISD recently approved having a message board for their board of trustees meetings and, and for their work. So uh, hopefully other jurisdictions will take advantage of that technology too. Great, can you talk about this, and I know it's evolving, uh, just when you know, I saw again some amendment posts or some suggestions on the board earlier, right before I'm on this call. Um, but just on, on a high level, uh, some of the industries that are going to be addressed here. I mean, there are obviously some that were hit harder by during, you know uh, by Southwest cancellation and then subsequent orders last week with dining in place and then um, and you know those kind of things. So the hospitality sector, right, restaurants, everything else. But are there are there certain industries in particular that you, you foresee kind of getting some directed tools to help them um, or, 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 or what, what do you foresee in that? Well, you know, the original intent really was focused on the, on the South by implications. And so we had done some fairly significant initial work with music venues and musician organizations. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of those weird things that, uh, a music venue will spend a lot of money improving their building, a lot of capital investment leading up to South by kind of burning down their available cash reserves, knowing they're going to have this windfall coming after South by and then they want to have a nicer venue for all these visitors. Not every business would have done that. So there is a kind of a special situation that's facing the music venues because of how their business uh, operates around South by Southwest. And so we've been working very hard with uh, those entities to try to make sure that they know about traditional small business resources that they may not have felt were available to them before and connecting them directly with entities like Workforce Solutions and, and Tamara Atkinson over there to, to learn about layoff aversion and layoff resources that, that are already in place. Um, but you know, on, on, a, on, a, on a bigger scale, every industry is going to be affected. Uh, some industries are going to be affected in different ways, like grocery stores, who are doing uh, some level of temporary and emergency hiring. Um, and again, I have a little bit of insight in that, not just because my boyfriend works for HEB, but uh, my father was an HEB an executive when I was growing up. And so I have a, I'm an HEB family guy from, from way back. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, we continue to have conversations. We had conversations today with Entity, uh, with People Fund, about what their resources look like. How can we ensure that we are collaborating and convening all of the disparate resources that, that, that exist. You know, in Austin, we, we are a community of creativity and innovation. And what that has often meant for us is uh, some good idea will happen and five nonprofits will spring up about it. Uh, everyone's got their take, their innovative and creative take. And that's great. But this is also a moment for us to take those creative and innovative instincts and use them in a spirit of collaboration. 
So we've been, we've been encouraging a lot of entities to do that. Um, my hope is that we will see a lot more kind of joint letters coming out from these nonprofits who are now talking together in ways that uh, are more intentional than were happening before. And that hopefully that will allow us to focus the resources in the most advantageous way. Gotcha. Council member, thank you for your time. Just real, you know, leave me the last word. Uh, anything for your know, best ways for folks to engage with your office? Anything uh, you, know, you want to share with our audience just in the times we're in? Um, all of the above. Well, I, I will say, you know, we keep our resources updated on, on my, my council website, atxd6.org. Um, I also want to thank Representative John Busey, uh, who is partnering with me on an initiative to do direct outreach to seniors in far northwest Austin and Cedar Park and Leander, which is part of his house district. Um, even if you don't want to leave your house, we're trying to call direct phone call all of the seniors in our area to make sure they have access to the resources and information that they need uh, in partnership with Hill Country Community Ministries for food deliveries um, in cases of emergency. Uh, but generally, you know, we, we as a community are going to survive this. How we survive it and how quickly we survive it is yet in question. Mm -hmm. If we are working together as a community and we stay home uh, to the extent that we can and we limit the exposure to others, especially those that are vulnerable, we can shorten the amount of time we have to live under this condition. And at the same time, we are pulling every thread we can at the city of Austin to provide a bridge for Austinites, for small business owners, to when federal support comes. The big support has to come from the federal government. But the city of Austin and our partners in Travis County and Williamson County and our surrounding jurisdictions are committed to doing everything we can to get folks to that place in a safe and expeditious way. So please contact my office if you have additional questions. You can find all of our contact information on my website, atxd6.org. All right, Council, Austin Council Member Jimmy Flanagan, District 6, thank you again for your time and uh, being back on the show. And uh, you know, wish, you, wish you and your partner health and success uh, as we proceed on these, in these times. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks, AJ. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's BG podcast. You can find this episode and prior recordings at www.binghamgp.com podcast and iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to stay current on future posts.